Hey, what's up, monkeys? All right, this is going to be show number nine. On today's show, I thought that I was going to do a review of the Camelback Mule, which is like a little, I guess you'd call it a day pack, or maybe even an overnight bag. Uh, basically, it's a uh, a pack that's got a couple external pockets, and uh, the inside is designed to carry uh, the hundred ounce bladder. Now you could, I'm, uh, I'm sure you could go ahead and put the smaller bladders in there if you wanted. Uh, but what I'll do is I'm going to talk about a couple other things first. Uh, we'll go over some couple of voicemails. We'll go over a voicemail that I got, and a couple of uh, emails that I got, and uh, I'll talk about taking classes at the um, city parks and recreation and kind of my experience with that. Uh, and if I have time, if it's not going on too long, we'll go ahead and toss that review in. I don't know if I'll have enough time to to really do it the way that I want to do it uh, after I do some of the emails and stuff. So we'll we'll take a look and we'll see how things go from there. So let's go ahead and take a little bit of a musical break for right now. And when we come back, we'll go ahead and jump in on the voicemail. And then I'll uh, talk about some of the emails that I got. This was never the place I planned for my vacation. So I just swim, drink in hand for rehydration. I'm not a pool lover. I freeze when I get out, but I've rediscovered one sweet sensation. I peed in the pool and I liked it. It saved me a trip to the toilet. I peed in the pool instead of waiting. I hope they've been coordinating. It felt so warm, it felt so right It helped resolve my stage fright I peed in the pool and I liked it I liked it This pool's the best one I have tried Nice diving board and slippery slide But if you wind up by my side You'd best start backstroking much too hard don't see one in your backyard i peed in your pool and i liked it i liked it hey everybody welcome back to the show before we do our uh, email and, and voicemail that we got let's go ahead and talk about how you can contact me if you want to send me an email or an MP3 of a review that you've done, or if you want your uh, just to do a review in an email over some product that you've done, go ahead and send that to me at thearmedape at gmail.com. 
And again, that's all one word, thearmedape at gmail.com. Or um, if you wanted to do an MP3 of, a rev- of your own recording and you're going to send that to me, you'll still need to send that to me at thearmedape at gmail.com. The best way to do that is to use a uh, service that I like to use, which is transferbigfiles.com. There's other ones out there, and I've talked about this before. If you're really not sure how to do that and you want to uh, do either an MP3 or just send it to me like that, give, drop me a line, and I can get with you on that. It's, it's a relatively simple process to do. Even the stuff about recording an MP3 is, is actually it's really quite easy. The other easy way to contact me, is to go ahead and drop me a, a voicemail over at the voicemail line, which is area code 206-339-3266. And again, that number is area code 206-339-3266. And I'm looking forward to hearing from you guys. Uh, so without further ado, uh, what I'll do is I'll read... Uh, an email that I got from Yen, so let me pull that up. Okay, I got that. Let me get this going here. All right, Yen's wrote in, and Yen's is from Germany, and he wrote in and was talking about the uh, comments of, uh, I'll just go ahead and read it kind of verbatim here. It says, about the comments of your choice of language, I prefer to call these hypocrites insensitive mimosa since they dish out verbal abuse left right and center but get really agitated when they're on the receiving end of anything they don't like i've been like that but i've learned not to take things personally i even enjoy having heated arguments that don't get personal but stay on topic they quickly get to the point where facts get compared and evaluated and usually that's when both sides agree that they did in fact mean the same thing but from different points of view and then he goes on about, uh, he talks about how he's got a review that he wants to do, uh, an MP3 recording, and send uh, for us to listen to on the show. And he's going to be doing a review of a used Lee Pro 1000. Now, when I get that stuff from Yens, I'm also going to do my review of uh, the Lee system that I have. It's a single stage press, but I'll go ahead and do that. Um, if, you're, if this is the first show you're listening to, one of the things that, that I'd like to do as far as setting stuff up for reviews is talk about what was the thing designed to do, how well does it do it, um, what are the bad things about it, what are modifications that you would like to see made from the company to make the product better, and the last one would be what modifications did you do to whatever thing you have, and did it make it better or did it make it worse. Um, so, again, and the reviews can be on anything. It can be on camping equipment. It can heck, it can be on a computer. It can be on um, it can be on firearms. It can be on a knife. Uh, pretty much anything you want to talk about would be fine here. So uh, let's see. So anyway, when that comes in, I'll go ahead and do mine. So if you, if any of you guys out there also do reloading, or even if you have questions about reloading, uh, go ahead and send you know send those in to me. Um, let's see. Okay, let's go ahead and oh, before I jump onto that, the what Yens was talking about was on my last show. I talked about how people um, sometimes they 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 say that they're open minded or they say that you know everybody should be able to say what they want, and that's all well and good until you 
use a curse word that they don't like. And I haven't really gotten any of that on this show, and I don't think I am because it's this show is you know it has the explicit label on it and everything. And while this isn't chock full of curse words, I'm not going to shy away from it. If that's uh, I curse occasionally when I talk, it's not right. You know, it's not every other word. But I'm not going to censor myself or bring it down to make it kind of like what you would call a, uh, a quote-unquote like a family type show. I don't really care about that type of thing for this show. Um, and one of the things that you know that he had mentioned in his thing is that about kind of the arguments is that, uh, and I'd also talked about the fact that a lot of times people don't really want to debate your point of view they just kind of they they want to just go round and round in a circle so it's not like they want to say well here's my point of view and here's your point of view let's look at where they differ and if it comes down to it in the end if we we don't agree we just agree to disagree and we each have our own thing and we each go our own ways and i talked about how We've kind of lost that in this country, that everything sort of becomes very pers- on a uh, very personal level. And I'm not sure why that is. And I know that, yeah, I'm sure it was like that back in the day too, but, you know, if you look at things like how, how things are, were portrayed, especially in movies of the 70s, you know, you see things where people would just talk a lot of shit to each other back and forth and back and forth and they'd be like what the hell are you doing all right back off buddy and it seemed that there was a way where you could say stuff to people and you could agree you could you could agree on stuff or you could disagree with stuff and you could sort of tell somebody off without the fear of being attacked physically and it seems that in today's society it's gotten to the point to where if if you did have a disagreement with somebody it seems that that for lack of a better word, kind of that lag time before somebody would, you know, really get offended enough to the point to where they would attack you. That's been kind of cut way short. It seems like everybody's kind of on a hair trigger. And I know that's not the case with every single person in the world, but it seems that in our society, uh, and maybe it's different in other places, but it seems like at least here in America that, 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 trigger or that that part where somebody would would maybe actually try to physically assault you or attack you has gotten lower and lower and lower uh so anyway that's kind of enough for that let's go ahead and we'll play a voicemail that i got from eric and i'll go ahead and drop that in right about here hey tony this is eric i figured i'd leave you a voicemail for the armed date podcast i'm driving in traffic everyone's doing five miles under the speed limit Buicks and retirees everywhere, and it occurs to me that I am the reason they haven't legalized vehicular weaponry. But uh, this is kind of late. I wanted to reply back about your uh, Brave One review. I saw the movie. I thought it was all right. You did point out some of the really good flaws. I thought it was interesting when you said that you thought they should be younger. My problem was I thought they should have gotten somebody besides Jodie Foster if they wanted me to believe the lead character was heterosexual. Um, that's just me. You know, uh, it's it's kind of like asking Hillary Swank to play a convincing housewife. It's just ne- I'm never going to buy it. So that was my input. Uh, love the new show. Thanks for doing it. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Oh, man, I tell you, he's right on the button on that stuff. You know, and that was one thing that it was funny. You know, going back, if you haven't seen The Brave One, uh, 
do a couple of things on YouTube or something like that just so you can see what he's talking about. And that was one of the points that I was going to bring up and it, it kind of got lost in the back of my mind type thing when I was doing those, the show on the review of Brave One. But when you look at Jodie Foster, she's got like this real short hair. She's like thin as a pin. She looks like a 12-year-old boy. I know this is the the personal life of the actors aren't supposed to enter in. But, you know, again, he again he puts it right on the money of, you know, she looks like a little dude and she's, you know, I don't know if she's gay or not. I don't really care one way or the other, but it's kind of funny. And the same thing with Hillary Swank. Now, my wife loves Hillary Swank. Thinks she's great, but whenever I look at her, I don't know, there's something about her, you know, like he was saying about like her playing a housewife or this or that, but whenever I look at her, there's something almost, I don't know, like asexual about her. Maybe it's those big fucking horse teeth that she's got, I don't know. But whenever I look at her, I I, uh, I find it hard to, to buy in that she's like this, uh, you know, vivacious, the vivacious sexual being so i don't know i mean she's got a smoking body but i can't get past those horse teeth and the and the other stuff anyway uh that's going to do it for our voicemail and our emails today you know i did get a couple from a buddy of mine mike he sent me a couple actually he sent me this one it was a picture of obama and tiger woods together and it's got like a little cartoon bubble above obama's head and he's saying like seriously dude i've screwed way more people than you and i got a, I got a really big kick out of that um oh what else did i want to talk about uh that, oh that reminded me i saw a uh state of the i don't know if it's state of the union but it was some speech that obama was given and uh of course he wasn't wearing a tie which i always find is odd that he would go on and do a speech without a tie and it's a, it's a very typical thing, and all the politicians do it. But it's one of those things to show, you know, well, I've got my tie off and I'm really working and I'm, you know, uh, I'm not just a guy in a stuffy suit anymore. But it just seems like it's such a calculated thing. But I guess, I, you know, I guess it works. I don't know. But part of the thing he was given the speech, and, and the interesting thing was he wasn't talking about health care reform. And it was almost like they had changed tax. What he was talking about, is that it was going to be insurance, health insurance reform. So now they're kind of they're backing off and kind of coming at it a different way. So it's going to be interesting to see what kind of shit they try and push through this time. So um, bu- 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 I think that's going to be about it for our email and voicemail section. Like I said, and I'd love to hear from you. I get the uh, when I get an email or a voicemail, it's such a good pick me up. Uh, but especially the voicemail. Like I said, most of us have. Um, free long distance it is a seattle number uh and it's free for me but uh one of the th- one of the reasons is like it's uh that's free is that that's just kind of the way it is but most of us on our cell phones and our regular phones long distance is included so if you can go ahead and give me a call drop me a line like i said even if you just wanted to call in and say hey this is so and so you're a douche and then hang up or whatever you want to do just have fun with it uh let's see oh let's go ahead and we'll start talking about those uh, classes that I had mentioned earlier. Now these are through the City Parks and Recreation. And I guess we can apply maybe some of our categories to it. Uh, And I'll maybe kind of do it in general, I don't know. The classes that I took, I've taken three, I've taken several over the years, but the most recent ones had to do more with kind of like outdoors type classes. Um, 
I did a thing on, I'm going to start actually trying to grow a garden. Uh, and that's some of the stuff that I get from, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Spearco, Jack Spearco over at the um, Survival Survival Podcast. I think it's the Survival Podcast. If you type that in over at iTunes or do a Google search, that'll pop up. But anyway, he talks about doing gardens. Now, one of the things that, um, one of the books that uh, he recommended and then I went and looked at is a book by a guy named Mel Bartholomew, and it's called Square Foot Gardening. And there's uh, the latest edition out is the one you want to get. And it's a, I think it's like anywhere you can find them probably used oh, for around maybe $12. If you buy it brand new from a bookstore, it's going to be $17. Um, I actually or you can actually find them at the library and that's where I found a copy the the problem with getting it at the library is a lot of times it's out and if you do happen to get it usually somebody puts a hold on it so that you can't um, you can't uh, you can't just renew it you have to bring it back so but anyways I, I got I checked it out from the library and I really like the book it's got a lot of stuff to do with uh, with gardening but the reason I got on that was because I had taken a vegetable gardening class, and it was actually a two a two parter thing. And what was nice about it, if you do that in a local thing, what's nice about it is, as opposed to getting a book, is if you go to a local class, you're going to have a person who is growing the stuff here where you live. So the guy, of course, I'm in Arizona, so the guy who was doing it is a guy that does stuff here in Arizona, and uh, he was a former engineer and had you know had a very impressive background. Um, and that's another thing, you know, with these classes, sometimes, usually they're all volunteer. Uh, you'll pay a small fee to uh, Parks and Recreation. Sometimes if they have a lot of handouts and stuff, there'll be maybe a $5 fee for the handouts and stuff that you get just to kind of reimburse the guy. And um, a lot of times that may, you know, he may make 30 40 bucks, and that'll help, you know, pay for his, the, his or her time. Uh, so that was one class that I took, and it was really good. It was interesting. You learned a lot about stuff from your local area, and he's saying, you know, this is it's going to get so hot here that you don't have this season, but then you kind of get a little bit of a different growing season in the wintertime when most people have a lot of difficulty. You won't have so much out here. Uh, but that class I thought was really good. I thought it did what it was supposed to do. Um, there weren't really any... Uh, uh, the the cons of it were you, you since it was only a two part class you can't really get too deep into it as far as modifications how you know how the instructor could do it better you know, I I don't know uh, since that's I'm not that well versed with the subject uh, but I thought he did do a good job uh, and of course there weren't any modifications that I could do being that's a class so we won't go into that now another class that I took was one called uh, traditional desert survival. And unfortunately for this one, it was a the guy that did it was a nice guy, uh, and had had taught the classes before, and he was a guy that had some background in search and rescue and some other stuff. And what he did, the overview of the class, he talked about just some very in general stuff of you know make sure that when you're walking through the woods, you turn around and look back, so that when you're coming back, the things that you you see. Are going to be familiar you know pick out some landmarks pick out some things um, he talked about you know you could uh, don't necessarily rely on a compass this and that and because it was going to be more of a traditional class he didn't really want to go into that stuff or map reading uh, he talked about uh, it's a tiny and this was just a very very cursory thing and this was only a one-night deal 
he talked about you know kind of how you can try and find water um now he did talk a little bit about before you were going out to to maybe have some maps so that you could know where some stuff were but the main the main thing that he talked about in his class was doing he talked about the prickly pear cactus which is uh it's, it's a big green thing if you guys don't aren't familiar with what it looks like you can just you can google on google images you can do prickly pear cactus and it'll show you what it is and he talks about if you're out in the desert and it's hot what you can do is you can uh you can take one of the leaves and of course they're covered in stickers so you got to use like a stick or your knife to try and get the uh all the the needles off of the of the plant and then you can cut it open and then the inside of it is what you're actually going to use and uh even when it's you know 115 degrees outside if you cut that plant open the inside of it will be cool so that you can take those leaves if you were getting kind of overheated you could cut them open and take them and, and kind of put them up against your skin um the i don't know if you'd call it the oil or whatever that's in it you can actually take the once you again once you've cut it open you can take it and and rub the uh that inner the inner leaf or the inner i'll call it a leaf for the for the lack of a better word but the um, the inner leaf you can rub the rub the plant on you and it will act as a sunscreen how effective that is i don't know um one thing that was interesting about it is it's when you touch that inside it's almost like uh it's not an oily sensation at all but it's uh it's slick it's almost uh, but it's it's hard to describe it's it's uh it feels like it's almost like a lubricated surface like uh and I, but it's not oily or greasy feeling and then when you open it and you smell it it's got it smells it's got a real kind of like a green smell almost like when you smell celery type thing um and so supposedly you can eat it uh, i don't know how appetizing it would be or if you're supposed to how you would prepare it he didn't really go into that too much another thing he talked about that you can use it for is if you were getting blisters in your feet you didn't have proper boots or something like that what you can do is you can um, take and cut again you harvest it off uh, get the needles off take your shoes and socks off and you put that uh, the slick edge next to your next to your heel or to your toes or whatever is getting the the blisters on them and it does a couple of things the plant is it's cool so it's going to cool down your feet but it also it gives you that kind of that lube in there for lack of a better word so that you you don't have the friction so that you don't get the blisters and stuff um what else did he say it was good for um if you get some like some stings or some cuts and abrasions and again i don't know how 100 uh, percent how true this would be but you can take it and again you can rub the plant on there um, the one thing that i thought would be good especially if you were out in the summertime and got kind of lost is if you were able to have the presence of mind hopefully you've got a knife with you because if you don't i don't know how you're going to get this thing open um, so again that's why it's always important even if all you carry was a little pocket knife or a little tiny swiss army knife that goes on a keychain you could at least use it that way but if you're going to go out into the desert you got to make sure you got at least a uh, a decent knife either a, a nice little folder or like an old timer pocket knife uh, or a buck knife or you know one of the things that i always carry with me when i go out uh, I, well number one i carry a multi-tool but i also carry a uh, frost mora it's their cheap little knife i think they used to call it the viking model 
uh, and I don't know remember the number of it, but any any basically any Frostmora knife that you get, even the expensive ones are only like twenty dollars. So I think I paid twelve bucks for mine. Um, but again, those are real good knives. They've got a Scandinavian grind. You know, maybe maybe next next show I'll do a a review on that. So we'll see. But anyway, you just make sure you got a knife or something to cut with out there. And uh, you can take those and you can put that cool stuff like on your face, on your forehead, around your neck. Uh, so that in the hot part of the day, if you were able to find some, then you'd be able to use it. Now, he talked about it like it was pretty much everywhere. And that you could find this thing, you know, growing all over the place. And it does pretty much grow just about everywhere. However, there's been places where I've been out where you don't find anything like that. You There's, there's not an abundance of them. Um, so, uh, let's see, what was the other class that I took? Oh, the one that I really liked and really enjoyed was, and it was done by, uh, it was actually done by a guy who was in a couple of the classes with me. And he taught a class that was called Fire by Friction. And what we did is, uh, and that class was actually really good. Um, now, was he the most polished instructor? No, he wasn't. But he was a really nice guy. Uh, he could have improved the way like his presentation was and everything, but again, a lot of the, and that's some of the stuff you're going to get with some of these uh, city parks and recs class. Some of them are going to be really super polished. A lot of them are going to be maybe retired teachers or people that have retired and they've been used to speaking and doing these classes. And some of them are going to be real polished and they're going to be real organized. Some of them aren't going to be so organized. Um, but in general, you know, you're not paying that much for them, but you can learn a lot. And like, uh, like the old, what's the old expression? Take the, take the meat and leave the bone. So take what you can from these classes and then go further. Make that be your introductory. So anyway, what we did is we did the, um, fire by friction with a, with a bow drill. And, uh, it's a lot harder than you think it is, but in that same thing, it's a lot easier than you think it is. Uh, the The main thing is you have a you basically have your fireboard, which is a flat piece of wood that goes on the ground, and then you'll take your your knife and you kind of drill a small hole in it. You carve out a spindle. You take another stick and you carve a sharp point on that, and then you'll have another uh, piece of wood that you hold in your hand, and you also carve into that a little thing. Uh, and that way you're able to, and then you you have your bow with a string and then you can kind of go back and forth and back and forth once you get that done and then the secret is you have to uh, you, you cut a notch once you get that original hole drilled down on your fireboard you cut a notch about one-eighth of of that circle and you don't go to the center you go almost to the center and then you stop and you cut that out and then what that does what that notch does is it allows the uh, the dust, basically the real fine char dust, it falls out through that notch. And as you go and go and go and go and go, it heats and heats and heats it. And then eventually you'll get, they call it a coal or an ember, but it's not anything like a uh, like a charcoal briquette or anything like that. But you get that and it starts to smolder. And then, so that's 50% of the battle. And once you've got, kind of figure that out and get that done, you can pretty much get that to happen almost every time. The next part and the most important part is having the right type of a tinder bundle. And you it really needs to almost look like a fluffy bird's nest. Um, it's got if you have uh, bark or grasses, it's got to be really, really fine 
And what you do is you take that thing, you put it in there, and it needs to be about the size, realistically, of a... Uh, it can't be too small or it's not going to work. It needs to be... What's... Oh... Almost the size of if you were holding it cupped in your hands. I've got decent-sized hands, but um, probably a, a, a nest of tender that's maybe about 14 inches across and about 6 or 8 uh, one way. So if you had like kind of a rectangular piece of it or a big bundle, you'd want to have that. And then you stick that stuff in the middle, and then you kind of have to curve it over, and you blow in it. You have to blow in it really slow at first because if you go too fast, it'll just you'll just blow that dust apart that char dust in there and your, your ember will go out so and that's another thing that you do when you first get that thing you'll remove the fireboard and then you can lightly fan it with your hand um, or you can just kind of let it in just very very gentle breath and then you can take your blade or your knife or if you've put like a, um, a leaf or another piece of material down there you can then use that to transfer it to the to the thing and like I said, it took me a few a few tries to get it, but I, I was finally able to get it as my chair squeak, and I don't know if you heard that or not. But uh, but I really liked that class. Like I said, the guy was a nice guy that taught it. Um, it was, and we only had, I think, what was there, four of us in there. There was me, an older lady who was probably in her late, uh, probably mid-60s, realistically, and then um, uh, a married couple, and they were probably... Eh, a little bit maybe right about my age but everybody was real nice and what was nice because it was so small is we were able to um uh, to get real kind of personalized instruction from Niels, who was the guy who was the the instructor um i was able to get the fire going and the um the other gentleman in the class was able to get the fire going and of course Niels got one going and the two ladies weren't able to but i think that had they just had a little bit more time a little bit more persistence they could have gotten it going uh, and like I said, it is difficult. It's very difficult in one in one aspect, but once you figure out the form and how you're supposed to do it, and with the motion and all this other stuff, then it can come. It becomes pretty easy. Uh, let's see. The other class I took, and this was, and this is a class that I. Uh, the other stuff was kind of more just for fun, but this is a class that I think that everybody should take. And I took a. Um, they called it a compass and map reading and orienting class. And it would be something like that, just how to use a compass, how to use a map, how to orient a map. I learned a whole lot in that class, and it was about, a, I think, about a four-hour class or so. And again, it's not like I'm the best map reader in the world or know exactly how to use a compass now, but because I took that class, I, I, I know a heck of a lot more, and I've got a really good starting point. So if we applied our criteria to this, this map reading class... Um, we learned about the compass, we learned about declination, we learned about um, how to orient the map, we learned the difference between true north, how you, you don't ever want to put your compass on a top of your car because it's metal and it'll screw up the readings. Also, for the ladies out there, you know, I don't even, is there even one lady that's listening to this show? If there's one, because I, I doubt if I have one. I think I've got maybe around, no, oh, close to... I think the last numbers I checked on the downloads, it was something like um, almost 400 people that had downloaded, which I was surprised. Now, and those are supposed to be unique downloads. And if I'm reading that right, that means I think four individual people, I, 400 individual people. I don't know. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. Uh, but anyway, 
If there's any women out there that are listening to this show, I'd love to hear from you. And again, you know, drop me an email or do a voicemail, something like that, and just say, hi, this is so-and-so. If you don't want to leave a long message, that'd be great. But uh, that'd be, I mean, that's fine. If I'd like you to leave a message if you wanted to, that'd be fun too. Um, all right, let's steer back from that tangent I went on. The, the reason I was talking about the ladies, one of the, the instructor had said something that one of the classes that he was doing um, a lot of times, you now when you hold the compass, you kind of you're standing up and you're holding it pretty close to your chest. And what he said was, is there was a lady in his class, and she was saying, "Well, this compass is it's, it's not really working. It's just pointing right at me each time." Because I think this one is broken. So he says, "Well, here, try this other one." And sure enough, it did the same thing. And he's like, "Well, what's going on here?" And then there was another lady in the class who said, "Are you wearing an underwire bra?" And she was like, yeah, so what was happening, again, because the compass is a magnet, it's, you know, it's going to be attracted to metal. And she had it close to her chest, and that needle was going to, you know, pointing to the underwire on her bra. So, again, that's something that you just sort of have to be aware. And that's something I never would have thought of. Um, also, sometimes even putting something down on a concrete blo uh, block or, or bench or something like that, or if you found an old piece of concrete out in the desert... Or something and you're trying to find your way if it's got rebar a piece of rebar in there it's going to screw it up and we actually saw that we went up to this high part of the park that we were at and there were these big benches there and what we were doing was orienting our map and using some of these landmarks on this and that and uh you could you could move that compass along that that concrete bench and you'd see that thing just boing boing just bounce all over the place uh, but again i had always used to i'd always used to think well are Having a map was is that really going to help you out? Because, you know, how is that going to going to help you if you're lost or this or that? But once you sort of understand how to use it, and once you understand maybe what some of the the big landmarks are, and you can kind of orient yourself, um, we learned how to do triangulation and some other stuff. So it was just a really uh, a really interesting class. And like I said, I'm gonna try and take some more if I can find some maybe that do a little bit more advanced or do some courses that do it because I think it does have a lot of value. So if we applied our criteria to this class, this compass and, and uh, orienting class, good. It, did it do what it was supposed to do? Yeah. How well did it do it? Very well because it was an introductory class, taught me how to use the map, taught about sections, all this other stuff. Um, what were the downsides about it? And again, probably the only downside I would say with that would be that because it's just an introductory course, um, and, you know, and I don't even know because, because it is an introductory course, you're not going to get super in depth with it. Uh, so I would say that it didn't really have what any really any downsides. Um, could the instructor, and if we're looking at let's say modifications, let's let's talk about could the instructor have done anything that would have made the class better? And probably not. I mean, he had a good mix of stories. And uh, again, this guy had been with, uh, oh, I think it was Arizona Game and Fish for years and years and years. Um, he had taught these type of classes several times, uh, was involved in search and rescue. So the guy had a lot of experience. And he was um, really polished in his presentation. And, and uh, by that, I don't mean he was, you know, like... Uh, uh, like a super slick kind of hey what you doing you know kind of oily guy but i mean that his stuff was it, it moved from point a to point b and he was he was really good at showing okay this is what this means and this is how you use it this is what this means and this is how you do it 
so it was it was a interesting class. Our class size on that one was about probably I think maybe there was about ten or twelve of us there, and uh, there was only one girl, and she was with her with her dad, I think. Uh, but you know, even she, you know, she did really well and everything. I just I would have liked to have seen more girls there in the class, just because you know these are skills that everybody needs to know and everybody needs to use and have. It's time to whip out my pimp cane and beat some knowledge into your heads. So listen up, motherfuckers. All right, so now is the time in the show where I talk about some of the podcasts that I like, some of the ones that I'm listening to. Uh, again, I think you should always be listening to, um, like, the if you like B-movies and if you like uh, movies from the 50s, 60s, 70s, like a lot of little campy ones. There's a really good podcast called B Movie Cast, and that's done by a guy named Vince Rotolo. And he's got a co-host, Nick Brown. Again, if you just go over to iTunes or you just Google B Movie Cast, that stuff will come up. As far as the gun stuff, I listened to a bunch of different ones. Um, the voicemail we had was from my friend of mine, uh, Eric Shelton, and he's got the Handgun Podcast. And you can again, you can Google that. Or you can just go to on iTunes, and that'll pull right up. Eric is a fellow podcaster of mine over at the Gun Rights Radio Network, and there's a ton of them over there, uh, which brings me in mind of another one. Um, Alex Haddix does, has a really good podcast on, it's called Practical Defense, and yours truly is on there, um, but even if I wasn't on there, I do occasional segments for him, but even if I wasn't on there, he's got like a really good, down-to-earth, very practical uh, podcast that he does about self-awareness, self-protection, that type of thing. Uh, let's see. Other movie cast was kind of. We'll go back in that directions. Um, there's Destroy the Brain, which I like, which does kind of horror. Um, there's a couple others out there. There one that I listen to all the time. That's kind of going through some changes. One of the co-hosts has taken a hiatus. It's called Cadaver Lab, uh, but they still are doing it. And uh, the co the host who's there now is Mike, who's always been there, but uh, is doing some different stuff. So. Uh, I don't know if they even listen to this show or not, or if they're even aware it exists, but uh, if they are, anyway, I, I like to give them a plug. I think they've got a good show. If you like shows that do um, like crime, there's a uh, crime stories and things like that. There's one called, uh, what's it called? Crime Wave. And again, you can find all this stuff you can find on iTunes, because that's where I pretty much found all of mine. Uh, you can go over there, that's... It's hosted, I guess, by a guy named uh, Seth Harwood, and he's written a couple of books, and then he's got them available on the on the, in podcast form. And what he does on this Crime Wave deal is he has different authors. They'll send in stories like crime-based fiction, and he does that. One of the uh, big kind of granddaddies or the big boobahs is a guy named Scott Sigler. So if you like uh, fiction... Um, if you like uh, stuff that's that where the science in it is based off of real things or plausible things, he's a guy that really does tries to do a lot of research and tries to get stuff right. Uh, and again, you can go over to I think scottsigler.com or if you type in iTunes, he's got several pretty much everything that he writes and publishes. He does as a podcast novel and gives all his content away for free. So you can go over to scottsigler.com and look him up, or you can type in Scott Sigler in iTunes and you'll see all his books 
Um, one of he's if you're a football fan, he's got a series that takes place uh, way in the future, and it's about a um, kind of an intergalactic football league. So you have all these different species that are all on the same team playing against all these mixed species teams, and it's a, it's. When I first listened to it, I thought, eh, "Am I really gonna like this?" Because I'm a lot of times I'm not big into the sports, the whole sports thing. I don't really give a crap about it well, either way. But the guy is such a good storyteller that um, the story is very interesting. You're drawn right in. So it's if you like kind of science fiction uh, and things like that, you'll really like a lot of his stuff. He's got, like I said, some other ones. Um, recently that he's actually got published and actually you can go and get him in book form if you want is he's got one called uh infection he's got one called uh i think oh what the heck's the name of that i can ancestor was a really neat book um he's got the rookie is out again you just go over and google him and you'll you'll be able to find a bunch of that stuff uh let's see well, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Um, in conclusion, I guess I would say if uh, I would recommend that you guys do try and utilize some of those resources. And that's why I wanted to talk about the local classes through your city parks and recs. A lot of times they're going to be inexpensive. You'll be able to get a lot of knowledge. And a lot of it's going to be just the thing where you're getting kind of that baseline of knowledge. But you're not going to go and spend five six hundred to a thousand dollars on a week-long course somewhere and maybe you don't like it maybe you find out well that's really not for me what's nice about going through city parks and recs is yeah you're maybe not getting a world around world renowned man uh instructor but you're getting somebody who's you know got some knowledge and, and you can take what you want from it and, and leave what you don't so that's my recommendation for today is look into uh, and kind of Look into your uh, local city parks and recs and see if they got some stuff that would be interest that you would be interested in, or if there's something you always kind of wanted to try, but you know didn't think you'd ever be that good at it or didn't have the facilities. A lot of times you can go through the city parks and recs; they have the facilities already set up there for you. So anyway, uh, like I said, that's going to do it for today. I can't think if there was anything else I wanted to say. Oh, if you if somebody else out there has taken some classes and thought that they were really good, uh, drop me a line, drop me an email, or call up the voicemail at uh, 206-339-3266 and leave us a message and let us know how your stuff went for you. One other thing I wanted to talk about, and I kind of forgot, so I'm dropping this in right before the uh, the close of the show. I wanted to thank, there was a couple of people that went and actually did the survey that was on there. The way that I'm able to track the numbers or how it downloads and stuff is through a service called PodTrack. So if you're a, a podcaster and you don't have a way to get as much data as you'd like, you can go over to there. You can sign up. It's free to get it. They just basically, um, what they want to do, I think, in the way that they're going to make the try and make some money is they try and hook you up with advertisers. And that's what the survey does. So, you know, it'd be great if we could get an advertiser, like I'd said before, even if they just did something that... Um, all it did was pay for the domain and the uh, the bandwidth and stuff like that. The nature of this show, I don't know if I'll ever get one, but as long as we have a couple of surveys here and there, you know, I think they'll be I'll be able to always use the service, and I really like it because it breaks down stuff. So anyway, 
I just wanted to say thanks guys that did that survey. Thanks so much for doing that. If we could get a few more to do it, um, then I'll mention this stuff I'll, probably at the end of the show. Um, in fact, for next time, I think I may actually make like a little pod track bumper or something that I can just drop in. All right, monkeys, I'll talk to you guys next time. This guy's got a monkey scrotum and he's bragging about it.